Welcome to the Tech of Business show. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today. From smart and innovative to nuts and bolts, there is no tech stone unturned. Now it's time to talk tech and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky, and this is episode number 60. We are in our third episode in the Beyond the Broadcast email marketing series. And today I have with me Chris Vasquez from AWeber. AWeber, as you will find out, has been in the email marketing space for 20 years, which means that they started right around the time that I graduated with my degree in computer science. This interview with Chris is okay. really, really fun. And I wanted to say the word fun because Chris was having a ball throughout our conversation. We touch on segmentation and evolution, and we touch on automation and staying relevant. <laughs> this episode really, truly transcends the broadcast message. Enjoy. Chris, welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I am super excited to have you here as part of our email marketing series and how email marketing can truly help service providers do more, interact more, and have more fun in engaging with their clients, their list, and all that fun stuff. So why don't you go ahead and take a couple of moments, introduce yourself, tell us what company you work for, and then we're going to kind of dig into some of the cool things that people may not know about and all sorts of strategy and stuff. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get to talk about email today. And I love the fact that you started that off with one of your bullet points uh, that we're going to cover being having fun with email. <laughs> That's something that I, I, I know I personally think has a really noticeable impact on your engagement rates. Uh, when you're authentic and true to yourself and sometimes let yourself have a little bit of fun. And I'm sure we'll get to talk about that. Um, but my name is Chris Vasquez. I'm the director of product at AWeber. I actually started out in the design team here and kind of migrated into uh, product at the beginning of last year. So what I get to do is work with the other really amazing product managers at AWeber to make sure that we're listening to our customers and the market identifying the problems that they have, and then building solutions uh, that are really powerful and allow them to serve their customers in really meaningful ways. Um, AWeber is an email service provider that has been around for 20 years. <laughs> it's been <laughs> around for a long time and was one of the first, if not the first company to build an autoresponder. Um, we really pride ourselves on customer service being core to our DNA. Like it is really important to us that uh, our tools are easy to use. And when you need help, that there's somebody here who will answer a chat or pick up the phone or respond to an email right away. Yeah, no, that is awesome. And that's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to bring AWeber into the fold is the longevity that you guys have 
in the field of email marketing. There are some fabulous products that come on the market every single day as competitors to you, but sometimes there are, you know, some of the people listening may have been in business for 10 or more years and their options were much more limited back then and a lot of them picked AWeber and have never found a reason to move off of AWeber. Um, and I know that even some of the other guests that I've um, interviewed on the ep- on the podcast have AWeber because they inherited it from their predecessors. So it is still very much a strong candidate and you guys are doing some really cool things um, with with um, autoresponders, with um, adding new functionality, again, listening to the requests of your audience. And I'm curious to know what kind of requests have you um, taken the most interest in? Like what types of questions do people in your audience, your customer base, ask for frequently that you guys get to put into production? Uh, So they generally fall into a couple different themes. One is on the automation front. Um, We always have people asking for uh, ways to either make automation simpler or more powerful. Uh, So an example of that is uh, the addition of tags to the platform. So Aweber was initially a list-based platform where you uh, use lists to segment and categorize your users. We also had segments, but just think about it as a list-based solution. We've since added tags as well. So if you want to do a one list model, you can easily follow that at Aweber as well. Um, That's an example where we got feedback directly from customers, implemented a solution, and have been building upon that solution um, as people have more requests. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And uh, you've seen that in the the past year. We've also added behavioral, uh, behavioral automations as well, so based on clicks or opens, you can, uh, you can add tags and uh, kick off automations. And very soon we'll be adding uh, page hit based automations as well. So someone who visits a given page on your site, you can add a tag to them and kick off automations. All of that came directly from customers who had really specific use cases that they described about um, how this type of functionality would allow them to grow their business in uh, more interesting and powerful ways. Uh, on the other side of things, we always have people asking for new content creation tools. Uh, and we've identified a segment of people who are building newsletters where they're largely curating content. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll curate a list of, of uh, articles they've found interesting and add their editorial content at the beginning or end. And that has really been core in influencing our approach to mobile creation. Um, our mobile app for content creation is called Curate, and it is a, an experience that allows you to build simple messages on your phone just by typing things in, sharing images, etc. But the really magical feature is you can share from different platforms into Curate, and it'll automatically format that content for you. Um, we've seen a lot of people do some really interesting and fun things with this, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it's a, another one of our, another portion of our platform that uh, has evolved directly from customer feedback. 
I could see so much potential with that because as uh, many of the listeners know, I am a mom of a gymnast and I spend a lot of hours sitting on the bleachers scrolling on my phone and it would be, you know, I mean, I'm not curating other people's content for my, you know, but if I were, that would be such a valuable tool because I don't have to use as many pieces if I'm sitting on my phone curating content and I'm dropping it into Evernote or I'm dropping it into Trello or I'm dropping it into whatever other tool I'm using and then having to put it into my email marketing that's an extra step by you having it integrated into the system that is a unique advantage for sure I love that because again we just sit there (laughs) yeah and I also have a daughter who's a gymnast so I feel your pain um But uh, one of the ways that I'll use the sharing functionality isn't necessary to curate uh, in the traditional sense, but this is going to sound super goofy, but it kind of relates back to this idea of having fun. I'll share different Bitmoji into my newsletter to kind of highlight whatever I'm talking about and whatever kind of emotion I want to get across. Because you can share web pages into it, but you could also share content you've created in other apps. So be it a Bitmoji or an email header from Canva that you build on your phone while you're while you're waiting for practice to finish. <laughs> it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, no, that makes that makes really good sense, and it uh, it makes it so that you can be on the go and still productive and still doing something. And what I find when I'm writing emails for my list, and you know, I'm wanting to help them learn more about tech tools that I'm finding super fun and things like that, is that I want to enjoy the process. I don't want to sit there and painstakingly figure out how to do this and how to do that. And that's one of the reasons why nowadays the software has just continued to evolve and evolve and evolve so that we can actually enjoy ourselves. I know that fun is something that you brought up already a couple of times. What do you think makes Aweber have a, be a fun platform for your users? That is a very good question. Um, I think that we really focus on a couple things. One is when it comes to creating messages, we want to make it as easy as possible for you to, uh, to be authentic, to share pieces of yourself. Uh, and we do that in a variety of different ways. Um, so Curate is an example where we allow you to easily add stuff you've created somewhere else into uh, the app where we want to fit into your existing workflow. Mm-hmm. We do the same thing in the core app, the web-based app, using a, a feature called um, Blog Broadcasts. It's an RSS to email feature okay. where you can create in your platform of choice and share it into um, uh, Aweber automatically and have uh, emails created based on you know a time period passing or a number of posts being posted. So that's nice. the first way that we approach fun. Um, The second is one of the most fun things that we hear from our customers is the feeling when you get a new subscriber or when you reach a milestone. And celebrating that is really important to us, uh, both when it comes to notifying people about new subscribers. Um, You'll oftentimes hear uh, this argument that notifications of list growth are not important because they highlight vanity metrics. And I I tend to think that that is a little dismissive of different people at different stages in their uh, professional journey and in their marketing journey. 
uh, if you're just trying to build a new list or promote a new product for an existing business, that notification about a new subscriber or a new purchase could be the thing that could make the difference between continuing on and pushing forward and giving up. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. something that, that it's really important to us that we celebrate progress and little victories uh, for our customers. I like that. I like that. So going back to the RSS feed for a moment, RSS is a short for real simple syndication. It has been around since the beginning of the internet, I swear, <laughs> or at least the beginning of blogging. So probably as long as AWeber has. And what it allows is it allows uh, for easy, easy distribution of whatever content you've got. So if you've got a blog post, you've got an RSS feed just built in directly with WordPress. um, And then you can just pop that right on over into the automation as you need to um, on your email provider on Aweber and be able to determine how you want to use that feed. So I just wanted to make sure we called that one out because um, I don't expect everybody to be reading tech news all the time. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, no. That's totally fine. I, I, it's part of, part of my fun here is I get to pull out these terms that you, that you share. And then... Um, the other topic that you were bringing up. Is- oh, um, celebrating victories is a big part oh, yes. of it. So authenticity and um, removing any barrier to being able to create the thing that you want to send, not the thing we want you to send. Like mm. that, that's important to us as well Is we're opinionated in our interface. Like we, we've made opinionated decisions about what we think is going to bring you the most success. But one of the things that we really don't try to be opinionated in is Um, the look and feel of what you send to your subscribers. Like we trust that you know your subscribers way better than we know your subscribers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we want to give you the flexibility that you need to send them what's going to work best. Yeah. And then we want to celebrate with you as you grow your list and see success. Totally, totally. And I, I am of one of one of those people who is about those notifications. I love getting those notifications and what I've done is in my email um you know, in my Outlook or in Gmail, if that's what you're using, I just set up a rule or something so that all of those can go into another folder. And then I don't have to actually look at them um, as they come in. They kind of skip my inbox, but then I can go back and whenever I it makes sense, maybe I do it once a week, maybe I do it once a day, I can see what my um, traction is. And it's a lot easier because we are so accustomed to being in our inboxes to see that. So we don't, I don't have to, if I send my emails out once a week, I don't have to go into my email marketing system to see how many new subscribers I have. I can go back into my email inbox, which is where I am going to spend some time every single day to see that information. So I am right there with you that notifications is something I want to make sure that is customizable within the platform that I'm using. (laughs) That kind of leads us to um, what makes AWeber a product that is worth taking a look at. And I mean, especially if you as a listener right now are like, you know what, my email marketing system kind of needs a refresh. And that's why you're listening to this series and you're wanting to make sure that you're making informed decisions. Why is it that someone may want to look at AWeber as a possible option um, right now? That is an awesome question. And I'll give you three reasons 
I, I love A. Weber. Um, and I could give you a million reasons, but I'll start with three. Okay. <laughs> um, our, I would lead with our customer support. And that's both in terms of the customer solutions team that we have um, in the same building as the rest of the team that builds the product, um, which means that uh, not only are they amazing when it comes to answering your questions and, uh, and helping you come up with solutions, not just to uh, technical problems, but also to strategic problems. Um, like they're always available to brainstorm if you're uh, looking for ideas and want to brainstorm. Nice. Uh, but also, they're really deeply connected with our product teams. So when we hear feedback from uh, a customer or a prospective customer about an area where AWeber could improve or about a specific scenario that we might not support, uh, they bring that information directly to the product teams. So there's a member of our customer solutions team that is part of all of our product development teams. So we have that constant communication between customer solutions and product development. Uh, and that's really important to us. Uh, they're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> and uh, and they're, they're real people who are right here with us. And you guys uh, are, question. yeah, you guys are based in Philadelphia. Is that right? Philadelphia, yeah. Yes. Okay, see, I, 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 I'm doing my homework. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's great to just be here with this group and get to build together. Um, the second reason is deliverability. So we own our email sending infrastructure. Uh, we maintain it. We maintain relationships directly with internet service providers and, um, and have complete control to the extent that any email delivery platform can have on our sending infrastructure. So what that means is when something goes wrong and for one reason or another, mail is uh, not getting where it should um, be, we don't have a middle person to go through. We can talk directly to uh, our contacts at the ISPs. We can make the direct changes on our hardware that we need to uh, and get problems resolved quickly for our customers. And, um, and Tom Colzer, who founded the company 20 years ago, he is still here um, and is still deeply involved with our email delivery team. He's been working on it for two decades uh, <laughs> and it shows in our delivery. Nice. Uh, and the last, the last area I'd focus on is ease of use. Um, kind of full circle between uh, customer solutions people is we want a, uh, a platform that is also really easy to use, simple to use, and friendly for people. Um, so we really focus on making uh, email sending, list building, automation, and analytics easy for anyone to be able to use, regardless of your comfort level with uh, technology. Uh, we obviously have more complex technologies that require a little bit more comfort level. So like yep. I mentioned at the beginning, adding tags based on someone visiting your site requires you to be able to add JavaScript to your site. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. um, by and large, we approach our new feature development with the idea that we want to make it as simple as possible so as many people as possible could use it. That, um, yeah, yeah. And our, like our approach to split testing uh, updating our split testing functionality really encapsulates that philosophy. Uh, we've created a really robust feature set where you can test basically anything you would want to. Send times, content, subject line, um, automations that are applied to a message. You can test all of that. And uh, the feedback that we've gotten is that um, it's easy to use. 
and we see a lot of people using it. So, uh, so it makes us feel pretty good about it. But th those are the three things, customer service, uh, deliverability, and ease of use. Yes, yes. Those are super, super important. And one of the reasons why uh, this series exists is because email marketing is not just sending emails. It is sending emails in order to create an experience, engage with I the I thought that was me for a second end, and I was like, oh have no. Have them have a vested interest in what you're saying so that they take action on it and grow and, you know, and you know, come to your business and ask you questions and engage with you. And so there's a lot of strategy that goes into effective email marketing, whether it's the frequency of sending your newsletters, it's the complexity of your automations, it's the when do you sell versus when do you educate versus when do you entertain. And I'm curious to know what you've seen with your own clients, with the client base, the AWeber client base, what um, the general idea is within those three, how people are using them, what they're doing that's effective. Um, obviously, you can keep sure. uh, so client names out of it, were, but just kind of some um, trends that you're with that. Uh, um, send so times. We're seeing, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll talk about two scenarios, actually, <laughs> where we've seen some really interesting things happening. Um, one is with uh, using automations in messages to progressively profile your audience. Because uh, when it comes to educating uh, your subscriber base, it's ah. really helpful to know, um, got it, okay, where great. someone is at in their journey with you. Um, and what their context is when they first come to you uh, and engage with you for the first time. So an example of this is uh, we have a customer who has a really neat uh, product where she sells, um, uh, I don't know the, the best way to describe this, but they're, they're basically personality profiles. Mm -hmm. And in her onboarding flow, you sign up for uh, an initial series that is an initial lightweight profile. Uh, you answer a couple questions and then through an integration with a survey provider, it sends you a uh, email that is customized and appropriate and personalized for you. Now, that provides her all sorts of really helpful information that she can use in her automated uh, onboarding series. But she takes it a step further and asks an additional question in the email that she sends where she delivers uh, the report to the person, uh -huh. asking them if they've done a personality um, profile before. Based on their information to that, whether they click yes or no in the email, she then further funnels them into a more discreet onboarding process. Uh, uh, onboarding series. And, and that's just is a really smart way to com uh, to combine the information that she's getting in the initial survey with a simple one click survey in the um, delivery email to get a really full picture of um, of her subscriber without just packing tons of questions into that initial survey. Mm -hmm, We're seeing mm -hmm. a, a lot of people use click automations in uh, their welcome series to progressively profile and, and are seeing some really positive results uh, from that. Um, when it comes to the inspiring um, portion of the equation, I, I'd say that uh, depending on the size of your list, always be testing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a huge fan of A-B testing and split testing. 
I feel like um, anything that can get you closer from thinking something to knowing something mm -hmm. is something that is worth pursuing. And, uh, and I'd encourage people who have uh, a couple thousand subscribers at least to be routinely split testing. And the reason I say that threshold, you could, you could definitely test with fewer subscribers, but the fewer subscribers that you have, the um, higher the potential that the results you're seeing might just be an anomaly or they might be skewed. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you have 500, 1,000, a couple thousand subscribers, you have to assume that only a portion of them are even going to be opening your message. Right. Um, so you want, you want to have a fair amount of them participating in a split test. But once you do, I would encourage you to test all the time. Um, I have a personal newsletter that, um, that is goofy, but I have a couple thousand subscribers on that list. And I'm testing every time I send out um, a newsletter every week. And that might be too much for, um, for somebody who's also trying to run a business around <laughs> their email. Yes. But I've learned incredible things. I've learned things about uh, what types of subject lines my subscribers react well to. The biggest possible thing is I have really honed in on a great send time that works well with my audience. It, the best thing about it, though, is that this send time isn't my highest open rate, but it is my highest click rate by okay. far. And I've tested this over a couple of weeks. And it, it's not something I would have come upon if I wasn't regularly testing. Yes, those are great, great things to, to, to touch on is that testing is to, like you can test everything. Again, you said subject lines. You said, you know, sometimes it may be the language on a button or on a link, you know, is are you putting in the raw URL and making that clickable or are you putting text on top of the URLs that says click here? That is, those are my two favorite tests that I recommend people look at because what you're going to find is the audience that you are sending your, your emails to may be comfortable or may not be comfortable with long links. And so that by you doing a test that says regularly they prefer a click here so they know what they're doing and they're not so scared, or they don't trust a click here and they want to see an actual URL so they can copy it out of their email and play, paste it in because they don't trust that you're sending them to the right place. So, I mean, those are my two favorite um, tests. And you mentioned a couple about send time and um, open and stuff like that. Can we touch on those and then we're going to wrap up? Yeah, sure. So first, I love that test idea. That is such a neat um, idea and one I haven't tested on my personal <laughs> list yet, but I definitely will. That's very <laughs> clever. Um, so the way that I'd encourage you to go about um, doing your send time testing is uh, always stick with your control. So if you have a regular date that you're sending now and a regular time that you're sending now, um, maintain that mm -hmm. and then just start testing uh, variations. So for example, my initial send time, because I have a weekly, mm -hmm. was Wednesdays at around one o'clock. And I started out just like, um, is there a better time on Wednesdays? So I started testing ascend in the morning as my variant and my control was my, um, my uh, one o'clock. And I, I think it's really important that whenever possible, you do use a split testing feature to run your tests, because mm -hmm. that way you control for other external things that are that might be happening either in your 
customers' inboxes or out in the world that would um, cause your open or engagement rates to be lower or higher for some reason. Um, but then through a, a structured period of the next couple of weeks, I ran a variety of tests where first I tested days within Wednesday, and then I moved to those, uh, or, I'm sorry, times on that same Wednesday, and then I moved to that same range of times on different days until I initially dialed in on a couple of times that I wanted to further test. So it was Wednesdays at 1 o'clock uh, versus Wednesdays at 10 o'clock versus Thursdays at 1 o'clock versus Thursdays at 10 o'clock. Mm -hmm. And I tested those scenarios for a period of time before I ended up with my current send time, which is Thursdays at 1 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing because we have to go where our audience is. And I have been sending an email, you know, several different days of week and I'm trying the, trying out a few things like that. And one of the things that I do is I send a resend to unopens. Um, and I was resending to unopens on Thursday and the past couple of weeks I've been resending to unopens on Fridays and I've been getting a higher open rate on that resend on my Friday attempt than I was on my Thursday attempt so that was one of the split tests that I did um, and it made a world of difference so I'm just saying to the audience right now you're listening to this because you're interested in how email marketing can work for you here are a handful of examples of different things that you can try out to augment the likelihood that someone is going to be able to engage more fully with the emails that you are sending. Chris, I want to thank you so, so much for coming on the Tech of Business podcast. And if there are any links that are personal links or AWeber links that you would like to share out and make sure that are included in the show notes, go ahead and share them now. I have one last question for you after you're done. Oh, sure. So I would love to encourage that if you are um, interested in easily sending really impactful emails, you check out aweber.com. And if you want to give our mobile app uh, a try, you can search for Aweber Curate in the Google or iTunes app stores or go to aweber.com slash curate. Um, you could try it out without the need for signing up for an account. And I would love to hear any feedback that you have. Um, on Twitter, I'm ClickPop, C-L-I-C-K-P-O-P. And uh, if you think I got anything really wrong or want to uh, connect, I'd love to connect with you. Cool, cool. That was awesome. And yes, definitely check out um, the links that I have over in the show notes that Chris shared here. And um, what I like to do at the end of every episode of the Tech of Business podcast is a little bit of a curveball question. And I know you've listened to a few episodes, so you know knew that this was coming. But Chris, I want to know from you, if there was something that would make email marketing regain the forefront of customer engagement? Because right now, a lot of times people are divided between, should I focus on email marketing? Should I focus on on-page stuff? Should I focus on social media? What would make it for you? What do you think would be, uh, propel email marketing back to the top of that funnel and that system? Hmm. So I have, can I give two answers? They'll be quick. Yes, of course. Okay. Uh, the one I think that is uh, a really big one is tighter integration with uh, existing workflows uh, and existing tools. So even deeper integration with e-commerce platforms, uh, with survey tools, with event planning tools. Yes. Um, 
if email marketing and email tools could be really tightly integrated with um, business owners' workflows, it would just naturally be more used if there was more um, yes. information sharing between the platforms. Love it. Uh, the second one is if we started thinking about email as creators, if we started thinking about email as a top-notch platform, uh, content creation platform, I, I think that that would also kind of shift uh, how often we use it and how effective it is. I mean, I guess that kind of sounds like me saying if people used it more, people would use it more. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of our uh, issues right now in the marketing space, and you're starting to see this change, um, is that we don't think about email as an effective channel so we don't give it the attention that it deserves, so it's not an effective channel for us. It's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. Yes. When you see people who treat email as a top-tier product of theirs or a top-tier communication channel of theirs, they really make it work, and people are creating some really fantastic um, email-first content that's really driving their businesses forward. Um, Ann Handley is uh, an AWeber customer who um, has this amazing newsletter where she treats her newsletter as a top-tier product, and it really moves her business. Uh, and you can see it in that content that she's not necessarily just repurposing content that she's written elsewhere or shared elsewhere. She's speaking to her email audience as people who are going to be consuming an email, mm -hmm. and it makes the content really top-tier. I really, really appreciate those answers, Chris. That was wonderful. And again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. No, thank you so much. Uh, I hope everybody has a great day. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode, the third in our six-part series on email marketing beyond the broadcast. I have enjoyed having you listen so, so much. It truly touches my heart. And I know that you're not doing business alone. You're not in isolation. You have peers, you have mentors, you have colleagues, you have clients that would probably benefit from learning a little bit about email marketing beyond the broadcast. Click on the share button right now in your podcast app and send a quick message via Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp or Foxer or text message on your phone and send this episode or this entire series to that person who you are thinking about right now. Do it now. Don't forget about it. That would do them good. And thank you for sharing. Again, as always, if there is something that you want me to bring onto the podcast, book a call with me. It's callwithjamie.com. C-A-L-L-W-I-T-H-J-A-I-M-E. And I will be back real soon with episode number four in this series. Thanks for listening to the Tech of Business podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, or wherever you download your favorite shows. You can also check out the show notes and learn more about me at techofbusiness.com. I'll see you next week.